Hey everybody, if you haven't heard, the premier fall InsureTech event is now digital, ITC Global. For those of you that have been to the conferences, we usually get to meet in person, but this year it is digital. It'll be taking place from September 21st through September 23rd. A friend of the program, a podcast guest of ours, Caribou Honig, one of the co-founders, uh, that's a shout out, go listen to his episode. And we're thrilled here at Vertifor to be both a title sponsor and the official insurance distribution sponsor. If you're attending, make sure to check out all the great things we have going on at the conference. Whether you're watching Amy Zupan's Fireside Chat, Chad Hawkinson and James Tom's Unwebinar, or stopping by our virtual booth. There's plenty of ways to interact with us. Hopefully we will see you there. Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast with Rick Fox. We're here to talk about the industry with some of its biggest influencers. From technology, trends, and current events, if it's happening in insurance, you'll hear about it here. Make sure to tune in every week and join in on the conversation with us on social media at Vertifor. And now, here's Rick Fox. Welcome back to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. The VIP, this is the host, Rick Fox. And I am, uh, I am very, very happy to be having the conversation that we're going to be having today with my guest. My guest is an esteemed podcaster and just kind of an all-around great guy. Um, I'm going to introduce him, Kwame Christian. Kwame, thank you for coming on. We're so happy to have you. Rick, it is my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And But I, I do want, I mean, he is the kind of guy that would never, ever tell you how cool he is, like I would. So I'm going to tell you how cool he is. This guy is, so here's his job, director and lead trainer at the American Negotiation Institute. Uh, he's the professor of no negotiation and mediation advocacy at the Ohio State University Law, College of Law, Maritz College of Law. He, I mean, I could go on and on. He has multiple best-selling books. He has a the number one podcast, the most popular podcast in the, the world for negotiations with over, almost 2 million downloads. He's in 180 countries. I mean, seriously, like I, I, like I just, I just want to, I just want to give you a hug, man. Um, Kwame, <laughs> thank you for coming on. This is, and I just bought his book, uh, one of his many books, but the one that I just bought, I'm looking at it right now, finding confidence in conflict, how to negotiate anything and live your best life is actually a rebrand of a 2018 bestseller. Is that right, Kwame? That's right. Yeah. So now that we, now that we set the table of just how awesome you are and how glad and how lucky I am. I, I kind of want to tell everybody what, what our plan is for today. So uh, very, very major things going on in the world right now. Obviously, we're living through a global pandemic. Uh, I think we're in, in a really interesting, very positive with some very underlying negativity time with social justice equality, diversity, everything that's going on. And that's where I want this to go. Uh, Dylan, our producer, listened to one of Kwame's podcasts where he was, he was a guest on someone else's. And we just thought, man, this is the right time. This is the right guy. I really want to have this conversation. So uh, that's what we're going to do today. But I thought before we get into the 
the meat of it all, I really want Kwame just to kind of tell us your story, your journey, how you ended up where you are and, and you know, kind of what, what, what that looked like. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's a, it was a really interesting journey. So academically, we have a psychology degree, Master of a Public Policy, and a law degree. I originally thought I wanted to do politics. Thankfully, then, as I learned more about politics, I learned I didn't <laughs> want to do any politics. No, thank <laughs> you. Goodness. So, um, so I was one of those uh, people who was uh, being sworn in after passing the bar, asking himself what he wants to be when he grows up. And so uh, soon after law school, I did some civil rights work and trying to figure out what it was I wanted to do. So health equity, criminal justice, that type of work um, got emotionally burnt out, just focusing on the, the negatives of society day in, day out. It takes a toll on you. I, could, I, I personally couldn't do it for a long period of time. So I transitioned into business law. So I started my own law firm, started working with small businesses, doing contract negotiation, contract drafting, um, business incorporations, setting up all those things. It was a lot of fun and um, became a mediator and recognized that the thing that I loved the most about my business was negotiation, uh, conflict resolution, and, uh, and the business development I was doing to get more clients was negotiation seminars around the city. I said, man, th these negotiation seminars, that's the most fun I'm having. <laughs> so I said, well, why don't I just do that? And so I started the American Negotiation Institute, and, and now uh, things are going incredibly well. But uh, it's been really interesting over the past couple of months with all of the social unrest. Um, it, it caused me to get back into the game when it comes to civil rights type of work. But now with a really interesting angle, it's not just letting people know, hey, um, racism is real, uh, which kind of sucks, but saying, hey, uh, we have these challenges, but negotiation and conflict resolution, those are tools that we could actually use to solve some of these problems in our communities, in our workplaces. And so um, people have been reaching out for that type of work. It's been a really cool way to connect what I used to do with what I currently do. Yeah. And um, it's been helping a lot of people. Well, and I'm like I mentioned, I'm, I'm extremely appreciative to have you on. I think it with with that kind of a, a mentality, we, we could use a, a hundred thousand Kwamis running around just to, to, to be having these kinds of conversations. If you look at what you do on a daily basis, we're talking about conflict resolution, negotiation. I mean, those are the things that people are using in their daily life all at every turn, right? I mean, that's, that's life, that's relationships, that's the way you do your job, that's the way, that's the thing that happens at the traffic light where who's going to go first, like, like all the so many of those, I mean, it could be used in so many ways, but, but because that is your background, because you have, have been such a strong advocate uh, for civil rights, as you've done all these things, um, again, we're, I'm happy that we're here. And my, my audience, as you know, is, is predominantly from the insurance world, but this is a global conversation. Like, this is a conversation that, that I, I'm hoping that people that are listening will, will listen to this podcast with their kids, with their, with their families, with their friends, or at least pass it on because these are the kinds of conversations that need to be had, but more importantly, need to be heard. And that's, that's why, again, I'm, I'm so happy. So I, I want to just, I want to kick it off. Like, I want to get into the, the, the meat and potatoes of this by saying, okay, America is struggling with the conversation about race. Like we can all sort of say that and everyone kind of goes, yeah, we are. But, but from your perspective and that you're very educated very in tune perspective 
why? Why are we struggling right now with that conversation? Well, the, the incredibly deep and profound answer is because it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> thank you. I'll be here. All day. No, but I'll write uh, that it, down. Let me write that down. It's just, it's really hard. I don't, I don't know many people, Rick, maybe you do, but I don't I know many people who wake up and say, oh man, I'm excited to talk about racial issues today. Nobody's <laughs> like excited for that. Yeah. And, and the reason why it's so tough is because first of all, it, it deals with issues of identity. So we're not saying, oh, this is the sports team that you like. Oh, this is a sports team that I like, right? It's, it's who you are on a fundamental level. Um, talks about acceptance and things of that nature. And so it's, it's, going to, it's going to touch some really deep emotional parts of ourselves. Uh, the next thing is that, that oftentimes when we're having these discussions, it reveals discrepancies between the world as it is now and the world as we want it to be, the world that we believe that we want and deserve. And so that can lead to frustrations and uh, emotional challenges there too. And then when it comes to even people who say, listen, I see these issues, I want to actually do something about it, I want to be an ally, but I'm afraid. And they have every reason to be afraid. Because if you if you make a mistake now, um, it's it could lead to social reprisal. Now your family, your friends, uh, your coworkers, they turn their backs on you because you said something the wrong way. Maybe political reprisal and not thinking about it in terms of like politics, Democrat, Republican, but within our social structures, within our organizations, there are political hierarchies. And if I say or do the wrong thing, then maybe I lose my positioning. That's not good either. And so there are a lot of legitimate reasons why people are afraid of having these conversations. And I think one of the keys we need to do is recognize that we need to figure out what the positive reason is for having the conversation. And if we can make that bigger for ourselves, it'll lead us to lean into the conversations more. Um, and, and one of the things I talk about in, in my TED Talk and in the book and in the podcast all the time is that conflict is an opportunity. Conflict is an opportunity. And so what we need to do is figure out what that opportunity is, and then we're not going to see it as much as a threat. And then we're going to move toward the conversation and have those difficult conversations that we need to have. Well, and I look at it, you know, just to put a sort of a layman's version of, of or an analogy in place, like I, I coached basketball for a really long time. And I used to get really into the idea of being uncomfortable as you were learning to be better at something in this case maybe say dribbling or shooting if you do the thing you're really good at all the time or that you're comfortable with you're not going to reach and step and and get outside your zone and that i mean am i right there is that kind of the same thing that a lot of americans are dealing with right now is it's un like you said it's it's tough it's uncomfortable and I think the ask, uh, this is what I've been asking of myself as I, as I go through this, per, uh, my personal journey through all of this, is I'm asking myself, I'm forcing myself to be uncomfortable at times. But when you put a, that kind of a spin on it, that the, the way that you look at it, it, it isn't uncomfort. I mean, it's not not being comfortable. It's just something new and looking at it positively instead of maybe negatively. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. And and here's the thing, too, because essentially what you're saying is that we're changing our mindset around it. Right. And, and here's the thing. And this is this applies in all aspects of our life. Before we even start talking about the specific skills that you need, if you simply change your mindset about something, your performance will improve without 
even talking about the skills. And the first thing that we need to change in our mindset is that, hey, these conversations are worth having. We have to figure out what our personal why is. And we need to make that bigger than the fear that we see so clearly. And again, we, we just don't, we, we often don't see it. So that's all good. And, I, and I'm thinking most people, I'm trying to visualize the people out there on my show that are listening in, probably nodding their head and thinking, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. That's a very, very good way to look at it. How do we overcome it? How do we like, so let, let, let's go to like that, that's sort of, I like the mindset switch, but go, go a little deeper on how we overcome that, the, the, the struggle of the communication and the struggle of the, having the conversation. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I think the, the key is confidence. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, you as a basketball coach, you can't just yell at the kids and say, Hey, be more confident. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very helpful, right? No, that so, doesn't help a lot. So where does the confidence come from? And so, uh, again, this, I'm, I'm really big on this because that's the name of the book. That's the name of the, talk, the TED Talk, Finding Confidence in Conflict, because it doesn't make sense to give recipes to people who are afraid to get in the kitchen. You right. need to have that confidence in order to take action. And so here's, here are some places where you can get some confidence. So number one, um, I have a gift for your audience. Nice. If they go to AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash guide, they can get access to all of our uh, free negotiation guides. So our general business negotiation guide that'll help you negotiate with clients, colleagues, people at work, um, any type of negotiation you have, but also our, our guide on how to have difficult conversations about race, how to negotiate for your salary how to negotiate for your car, um, how to negotiate as an introvert. We have all of them there for free. So wow. if you go to that, uh, to that link, um, you can get access to that. And so the reason I say that is because when you think about it, the thing that's really interesting about these difficult conversations about race is that they are, they are similar in framework to any other difficult conversation you have. The thing that makes these conversations more difficult is that we have a heightened emotional state, right? And so in negotiation, time and time again, they show that if you take the time and prepare it, your outcomes are going to be better. Same is going to be, uh, the same is going to be true here in our difficult conversations about race. And so that guide will help you to prepare. So that's the first thing. Um, the next thing is we have to actually, we have to play the game. We have to get into the game. Again, let's let's stick with this basketball analogy. I'm I'm feeling it, Rick. Okay. Okay, um, good. So well, so my name is Rick Fox. I was in the NBA. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I've listen, since the episode began, I've been holding these jokes back. So <laughs> No, let them go. My people are used to it. That, this, okay. Our listeners are used to hearing me be silly. So if okay, throw them perfect. out there. <laughs> good, good, good. So think about it. With your with the people on your team. You're, you don't just, as a coach, you don't, you're not just a chaperone who says, hey, we're going to play this game. Go out and play. All right. Um, now we're going to play the next game. What you do is you play the game and then you review the tape with your team. This is what you did well. Let's do more of that. Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. what you did poorly. Do less of that. In all of your difficult conversations, in all of your negotiations, but especially these difficult conversations about race, you have to review the tape. And that's how that's that's the difference between just practice and deliberate practice. That's how you improve. And so when you have the conversation, now you can look back and say, this is my performance. Oh, I see where I made that mistake. And next time I'm not going to make that mistake. 
And then the last thing is I'm going to give you a simple tool um, that you can use in all of your difficult conversations, whether it's at work or at home, business or difficult conversations about race. Um, and it's called the Compassionate Curiosity Framework. And that's it's from my book. And so three steps. Number one, acknowledge and validate emotions. Number two, get curious with compassion. And number three, engage in joint problem solving. And of all those three steps, step number one is the most important because acknowledging and validating the emotion by saying things like, it sounds like, or it seems like, that is, those are the keys to overcoming the emotional issues. So for example, it sounds like that really had an impact on you. It seems as though you really want to make sure that whoever we bring into the company, they're at a high level and they can perform and do what we need them to do, right? Those type of things. It, it, it does wonders. And the thing is, if you don't acknowledge the emotions that people are feeling, they're going to try to impress upon you how, how yeah, they are feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get it the first time. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me, let me lay it on a little thicker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so that's okay. So say those again, one, two, and three for me. As, yeah. as hopefully people are writing these down because this is this is gold. I, I got through number two and I didn't get three written down. No worries. Yeah. So acknowledge and validate emotions. And number two is get curious with compassion. So we're asking open-ended questions, but we're making sure that we're doing it with a tone that is not interpreted as threatening. So that's why it's so important to do it with compassion. And then the third one joint problem solving. So now we're working together with the other side to try and figure out what needs to be done in order to make the situation better. And, and at its best, this feels and sounds like a, a, a brainstorming session with the other side. You're yeah. trading ideas, what yeah. works, what doesn't work, and then you come together to collaboratively create a solution that's workable. All right, let me, let me put a little, let me put a little, uh, I want to put a little jab in here and try to figure, like, like I want to put a pin right in where we're talking about, but I want to give an example and have you kind of speak to it. You're a black man, I'm a white man. I feel inside like I would want to do all three of those steps and I feel like I would, uh, I, I know that I would approach a conversation with you or anyone else of, of color in this environment, in this climate, wanting to learn, being curious. Uh, like that's the thing I say I'm more, more than anything, not as eloquently as you did, but I'm, all, I'm trying to be as curious as I can. I don't know what your what's in your mind. I don't know what has been in your, in your road. Um, how do you, how do you get into that conversation? Like, is that the way I get in? Like if you and I were just friends, like I'm, I, mm -hmm. I count you as a friend now, but let's say we'd been friends for the last 10 years and, and I want to have a conversation with you and learn from you. Uh, one, because you know so much, but two, because you've lived a different life than I have. You've grown up in America as a black man, and I have not. How do I, how do I, how do I go there, so to speak, for lack of a better term? And, and, and how do I know that that's being, not that we have an answer to this, but how do I interpret that that's being received well? Yeah, no, fantastic question. So again, what we want to do, just use the framework. At this stage in the conversation, let's say there's not an emotion specific emotion. I haven't demonstrating, de demonstrated an emotion. You are leading the dance. You're having the conversation. You're starting the conversation. Mm -hmm. So let's acknowledge the obvious. Just say what you said. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay, right good, there. good, good. And no, that's saying, great. That's great. 
Yeah. And so you can say, hey, Kwame, we've been friends for a long time. I care about you and um, we, we know what's happening and in, the, in the country right now. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I have a different lived experience than you and I, I want to learn from you. But of course, I don't want to put you in a position where you feel obligated to, to teach me or educate me. That's not your responsibility, but I would love to learn more and I would like to be a support to you. So what is it that I can do to, to be a supportive friend for you right now? Because we acknowledge the obvious of the situation. We acknowledge the mm -hmm. potential tension. Mm -hmm. And then we transitioned into getting curious with compassion. What can I do to be supportive? Then we sit back and wait. And so this is where we start to gather data. I'm going to look at the body language. I'm going to listen to the tone. How does it sound? And am I reading anything? And then I might share something and I would, I would acknowledge either, it sounds like you don't feel comfortable saying, uh, talking about this right now, so we can just pass on it. And that might be the end of the conversation. Or you could say, it sounds like this really had an impact on you. So, and, and it makes sense. And that's yeah. the key of validation because you can acknowledge without agreeing, right? Yes. You can say, it sounds like this had an impact on you. And with validation, all we're saying is that makes sense. It makes yeah. sense that you feel this way. Given everything that happened, it makes sense that you feel this way, right? Yeah. And so we just keep on cycling through that process. If we recognize an emotion, um, good, bad, or indifferent, it sounds like, it seems like. We're going to acknowledge positive emotions too. And then we transition to asking questions. And if you're engaging in these conversations at a really high level, the other side is going to be talking more than you. And that's, that's a good sign. You know what's great about this? I'm sitting here listening. I'm jotting down notes. I'm learning as you're as you're going through this, um, because like like I said, I, sometimes you don't. It it's difficult. It might feel uncomfortable. But the people that listen to this show, in in our industry, they work. They they have they they they're 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 normal, just regular people that have jobs and families and friends and all of those things. And I think so much of what you're saying. It, it just absolutely plays like plays well in any one of those environments from the work environment to the, the, what happens at home, which so many of us are spending so much more time at home now to the way you deal with friendships and, and the people that you either are close to aren't close to. I find myself, I've been more, I've been closer to people since the, the world shut down uh, because I'm having zoom calls and, and, happy hours with people that I didn't have before. So, so many of the things you're saying are, are so valuable it, it, for everyone in every way. So um, thank you for that. But I, I want to ask one more question. Your, your specialty obviously clearly is negotiation, conflict resolution. And as we, as it relates to how we communicate and what we're talking about, Let's move to the next, now what, right? So now we, we, we sort of have the framework or at least we're talking about the framework, but crystal ball me, now what? What do we do now? What do we all do now to kind of take this thing farther and continue this movement in a really, like, I'm, I'm, I'm jacked up right now, man, I'm serious. Like, I love your conversation. Um, I appreciate you and what you're doing, but globally now, how do, now what? Now just, now what? 
Yeah, it's a it's an important question because yeah. as you start to learn more about what's happening, it's really easy to get overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> you start yeah. to see the world differently and yeah. you say, I'm just one person. I have a job and a family. What, what am I supposed to do about this? And the key is to do something. That's it. We have to we we have to start to generate a little bit of momentum here. So you have to do something. And the way that I suggest people approach this in order to make whatever step you do take seem manageable is to look at three different realms. Number one, at home. Number two, in your community. And number three, in your workplace. And so what you want to do is you want to look for issues, inequities, problems, right? As we're, we're now focused on um, racial equity, right? And I would say mm -hmm. equity in general. And so now that we have this heightened sense of consciousness and awareness as, as it relates to this issue, and you want to do something, let's talk about those places where you have the most influence. I don't know about you, but on a national level in politics, I really don't have much clout. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah. I don't either. Not, not last I checked. <laughs> yeah. And so that's really not an option for me. I guess I could vote, but that's really it. Right. Um, and then, uh, but in my workplace, I do have a little bit more. So what are the problems I see? Okay, I identify those problems. Now I can create some solutions. And then I can engage in negotiation in order to make it more likely for them to make those changes. Same with my community and same at home. And so I think that helps it to seem a little bit more manageable. There you actually know where to start and you avoid the possibility of learned helplessness where you say, oh, I'm getting apathetic because it doesn't matter. No matter what I do, nothing changes. But if you focus on these three distinct areas, it makes it a lot more manageable. And then you can actually see the wins. And when you start to see those wins, you say, oh, that, that felt good. Yeah. I want some more of that. And then yeah. you keep on moving and moving. So, so your advice is focus on family, community, workplace. My, let me just add on to that. Do, you said do something. I, I am huge. Uh, if, if you've listened to any of my shows, you would know that I always say make a plan. And in this regard, it, it's not exactly make a plan, but, but it doesn't have to be, you know, to your point, Kwame, it doesn't have to be something that's going to affect the nation. It can affect a person or you or a, an outcome. And to your point, it's just do something is it, like, it sounds so kind of trivial to say that, but if people don't took nothing else and just went and did one thing that we said in this conversation, go do something. And if you use these techniques, use sort of the, the, the roadmap that Kwame's written up here for us. I mean, man, if we all went and did that today and then again tomorrow and we stayed consistent and did it again the day after that, we could we could affect change. That apathy maybe isn't as likely to creep in as it does so frequently with so many people in so many ways. Like I think I think we'd have a great opportunity. So people listening in, um, I think that the stuff that Kwame's talking about is is shareable. It's, it's, it's informative, it's spot on. And I do want, like, like, there's a free gift, but tell us again about that. Tell us about how they find you. I, I forgot to even mention that you had your own TEDx. I mean, this guy's legit. This guy's no joke. And I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting here, like, hopefully not fumbling my words with this guy on the phone. So Kwame, we appreciate you. How do people find 
some of the stuff we're talking about today, it, as you mentioned, the, 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 to get it for free, but then to even follow up. If people want to connect with you, they want to be part of your world, which I would highly recommend. It feels really good, people. Uh, so who, how do they do that? You know, give us kind of the, the, the details. Yeah, so I would say this. Um, first, yes, download those free guides, AmericanNegotiationInstitute.com slash guide. Um, and then check out the podcast because one of the keys to, to becoming more confident is exposing yourself to great content. And um, we every week we have really great people on the show talking about how to become more persuasive, how to communicate at a higher level. And uh, the show's called Negotiate Anything for a Reason because it, we, we cover the talking about business, talking about um, negotiation for financial planners to uh, lawyers to teen negotiating with your teens with your significant wow. other in i'm gonna listen uh, in then for that part i want to find that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, we cover everything so it's a lot of fun and and we're 210 episodes in now and um every time every single time i have an episode i learn something new it's yeah. it, it's incredible so I, I really suggest that and then connect with me on linkedin that's the platform that I use the most. Connect with me, follow me there. And um, if you uh, like pictures of cute kids, <laughs> follow me on Instagram. <laughs> that's really the only reason people follow me on Instagram. Uh, I, 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 I am a fan. Uh, two million downloads says something about people listening in. And for our industry, um, it's such a, it's such a very, you know, it's a unique industry. We, we have a family within insurance, but negotiation is simply what we do. We're working with new customers and old and, and our existing customers. And we're having, we're wanting to resolve conflict as fast as we can and negotiate in a way that gets them to understand the value in what our, what we, what our agencies or our companies uh, do. So this is a, this is a big thing. Um, I'm a, uh, I'm so glad you came on. I would love to have you back on again and really just lock in on negotiating from a from a business perspective. But tune into his podcast, follow him on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm going to finish this the way we always finish, Kwame. And I, but I want you to make it. You do whatever you want. But this is the time capsule part. So we're going to take this next part. We're going to record it. We're going to bury it. And we're going to. Someone's going to dig it up in a year or in two years. Whenever they dig it up, what is your one big piece of advice for our industry, for the insurance industry. Yes. So um, I will say this, and I'll say I, I love working with the insurance industry. I've done a few presentations with uh, uh, within larger companies like Anthem and then with uh, financial planners. So I, I love this type of work. And I want you to remember this. The best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations. So that's the first thing. And my, my piece of advice is to negotiate anything, right? Because if, if the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations, then the key to living our best life in many ways is having these conversations and having them effectively. Because it, it, it's, not that we're, it's not a question of whether or not we negotiate, it's a question of whether or not we do it well. So do it well, learn more, and actually have those conversations. Well, me Christian, everybody. Uh, sir, thank you for being on. I'm glad we had this conversation. I hope it is one of very many conversations that you and I are able to have over the years come, moving forward. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. Go find Kwame. Go go to his website. Get, get him on LinkedIn. I follow him on LinkedIn, and he's, he puts out great content as well. Just 
kind of all the time. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to subscribe. Go on to the Vertifor website and subscribe there as well as we're starting to do little bonus clips out of podcasts that only come through the emails that are part of that subscription. Also subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks again, Kwame. We appreciate you, man. Hey, my pleasure, Rick. Thanks for having me. And thanks everybody for listening in and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast and tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. You can find more episodes at vertifor.com under the resources tab or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it on social and spread the word. Don't forget to join in on the conversation and recommend future guests by messaging us at Vertifor.